Welcome to episode two of the Public Health Networker podcast. In this episode, we speak to Dr. Mina Butra about the importance of advocacy in public health. And today we also just um, are wrapping up the APHA conference, the annual meeting, and we've talked about some various topics on advocacy in the conference. We've heard various speakers and including the president of the APHA, uh, Fernandez Peña, Uh, Dr. Fernandez Pena, who talked about our voice and how important it is as a civic duty for us to be public health advocates and individuals in the human society to speak and advocate for important public health issues at the moment that we're facing, for example, climate change and social justice, racial justice, environmental justice, and also the pandemic, not to mention many other things. But today we're speaking with Dr. Mina Butra, and she's going to be sharing with us the importance of a couple of things. We, talk, we start out by talking about misinformation. We talk about how it's impacting the community, how it's impacting our populations, and how um, COVID vaccine resistance in, and other types of misinformation are causing harm at the moment around the world. And then we go into this discussion about the importance of advocacy and what we can do as public health professionals. I hope you enjoy this episode. We are pleased to present our partner, the HPP Podcast. The HPP Podcast offers context and new perspectives drawn from articles published in the Health Promotion Practice Journal. The podcast and journal are dedicated to the art and science of health promotion with the broader goals of health equity and social justice. Thank you so much for joining us today. We are meeting today, we are speaking with Dr. Mina Butra. She is a doctor, she's an MD, and she is an MPH, and epidem- oh my goodness, also a PhD in epidemiology with a focus on IBD. Thank you, um, Mina. So- uh, no, absolutely, absolutely my pleasure. Very, very honored to be uh, talking to you today. So yes, I am an adult gastroenterologist um, at the University of Pennsylvania. I specialize in inflammatory bowel disease. Um, I have a master's in public health um, that I got in Boston. It was a focus in epidemiology and biostatistics, but it's a master's in public health. And then I got my PhD in epidemiology. So I have a secondary appointment at the University of Pennsylvania in the Department of Biostatistics, Epidemiology, and Informatics um, at Penn. Uh, so that, that is me. Um, but I do a lot of, as we were sort of you know, uh, talking about before we started recording, a lot of advocacy that doesn't really necessarily fall under any of those umbrellas. Uh, it's more national advocacy, um, uh, advocacy for public health, advocacy for science, um, advocacy for access to health, because it really doesn't matter what research I do in inflammatory bowel disease. If a patient doesn't have insurance to see me or gets sick from something else and can't come see me, it does them no, it does me no good. You know, that, that research is useless. We have to be able to see our patients and keep them healthy so that they can continue to see us um, and continue to afford to see us. So a lot of advocacy in those spaces. So in that setting, I'm on the national board of the Crohn's and Colitis Foundation and Doctors for America as well. Mm-hmm. You're doing so much excellent work. I really appreciate you. I appreciate meeting you today. And 
I would love to get into this conversation about COVID. This is our wicked problem of the day of the era. Yes. And hopefully for a we, lifetime. <laughs> right. Yeah. Hopefully we are going to get to the end of this soon. Um, and it really is about us, right? About the decisions that we make as individuals, as professionals, as healthcare providers, and so on. And um, today, uh, let's talk a little bit about the infodemic and what challenges we're facing right now. What have you been experiencing over there? What have you been seeing? What would you like to speak on? Oh, uh, how much time do you have? <laughs> <laughs> um, there are so many concerns about misinformation. Um, I am I'm not off the top of my head, I'm probably not going to think about all of them. Um, and, and that will slay me in post, I'm sure. But here are a few. Uh, the, I think really the most important aspect of it to me as a physician is that misinformation causes direct harm to people. Um, and we are seeing that in real time right now during this COVID pandemic. Um, we saw this before the vaccines. I mean, this. During the pandemic, before the vaccines, with anti-mask wearing propaganda, that masks were going to cause you to pass out, that masks were going to cause infections, that masks were going to cause um, anxiety in children or, or stunt their mental or emotional growth or something like that, um, that the virus wasn't real. That the virus didn't the hoax, yeah. Um, you know, like yeah, that that doctors were lying about COVID deaths to make money. I mean, these are things that like hit you at the core, because then you see people coming in who are sick where it was preventable. Um, now we're seeing another aspect of that. We're seeing outright rejection of vaccines based on lies and misinformation, and we are seeing these people getting COVID and we're seeing them dying from COVID. Um, they're overflowing our hospitals and, and, and they're also still continuing these other sources of misinformation, rejecting the safety and efficacy of wearing masks. And, and the really heartbreaking part of this is that there's a very vulnerable population of patients who suffer from this. And these are folks who may not have as robust a response to the vaccine and are dependent on everyone around them to be vaccinated, to bring down the levels of COVID and children. And we are seeing the highest rates of hospitalizations um, for children from COVID that we've ever seen in this pandemic. And, and we are even, and we are seeing, you know, tens, 40, 50 children a week dying from COVID. And the thing that keeps slaying me is that this is all preventable. This is completely preventable, but for the misinformation. Um, but it hasn't just been, you know, COVID. Misinformation directly harms people with, in other ways. Uh, in, in before the pandemic, other public health issues, uh, the flu vaccine. We've never had 50% of adults get the flu vaccine. This is something that is causes preventable harm. Childhood vaccines. Um, we had a measles outbreak in Philadelphia before the COVID pandemic. There was a measles outbreak in New York. There's been measles outbreaks. It is, this is completely preventable. Um, but you have people who are saying, hesitating to get their children vaccinated, hesitating to get them vaccinated on schedule because of fears of autism, which has never been shown to be associated with vaccines or increased cancer with the HPV vaccine when actually that vaccine prevents cancer. It's the exact opposite. And then you, you have this, the, this misinformation about a variety of other public health issues, whether it's 
women's reproductive health, whether it's gun safety, whether it's access to healthcare. You know, back in a decade ago, I remember all the fights to get the Affordable Care Act passed and everybody saying there's going to be death panels and they're going to, you know, it's, it's all of these things that were scaring people when truly the whole effect of this was we want to try and help people stay alive and help them take, you know, be healthy. And so all of this misinformation, it directly hurts people. It prevents them from doing the very thing that science has shown will protect them, their loved ones, and their communities. And so I think we really need social media to step up and we need whatever level of govern, governance over social media to hold them accountable. Um, you know, it's very, very clear that current algorithms do not do enough to combat misinformation. Um, and they don't do enough to lift up the voices of people with credible truth. Um, and, you know, it's gotten marginally better over the course of the pandemic, but it is still most certainly not good enough. When you have entire news organizations that are speaking misinformation and giving voice to misinformation, it is very disheartening as a doctor or a scientist to think about how do I, how do I even address this? You know. And even a few days ago, it was Facebook, they were saying where the algorithms were um, preferring uh, misinformation yes. over truth. Um, and so they have documented that. Yes. And recently. You know, people, and, and, and look, there, to an extent, it is, uh, it is human nature to, to blame a person for believing misinformation. Um, you know, you, and you're seeing this, you're seeing this fatigue of you, people who are anti-vax and then getting sick and people saying, well, I don't care and, 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 and they should have known better. But when it is human nature to trust your family or your friends or your coworkers more than a random doctor who doesn't have the blue check next to their name or doesn't only has 20 people following them because they don't have the time to sit there and cultivate a social media following because that's not their job, right? You know, the, and so they're going to believe their aunt or their neighbor who may have heard something from somebody else. And this and these algorithms then take advantage of that. And they build these, these walls. And I have seen some of this misinformation. And I have to tell you, it is astounding to me. They use medical terminology. The words sound scientifically real. And unless you really were a doctor or a scientist, you would have no idea that it makes no sense at all. But to the average person with no medical training, it sounds scary. And then when you're sitting there trying to decide, do I get a vaccine or do I get my child vaccinated? I can understand where there is fear. You know, I can understand that. Um, so I am not necessarily mad at the hesitant person. I am mad at the organizations that perpetuate the misinformation because they know better. They are preying on this fear and taking advantage of that to for their own publicity and people are dying. I mean, this is directly harming people and sets a terrible precedent. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, I, I, I understand, I, I get it um, for the average person. And I just wish that we could platform real truth a little bit more. Mm -hmm. I would argue that everybody is a public health advocate. Yes. You, know, you may not have, and, and here's yes. where I think it's intimidating. Um, you, you might think I need training. We're all conditioned as, as a result of our, 
who we are to say, I got to be trained in this. I, I, I have to have training in this, whether it's in public health or whether it's in social media, you know, whatever it is, I need to be trained. I'm not ready to do this. I'm not equipped to do this. And the truth is that you don't, you really, you can jump right in, right. but there are great resources. Like, for example, Doctors for America has advocacy grand rounds um, and they have advocacy boot camps where you can join and, or you, and you can spend a couple of hours or a day getting best tips, best practices. How do I write an op-ed? How do I write an editorial? How do I put together um, a letter to somebody? Um, how do I put together a town hall? You know, there, are, there, are, there are little pieces, there are big pieces, but sometimes it's just jumping in and saying, okay, I'm just gonna kind of jump in the milieu, I, I, the milieu of all of this. I'm gonna give it my best shot and I'm gonna learn. And nothing really prepares you so much for anything until you, you sort of get in there and just do it. It's the the old adage of, of, of residency training, see one, do one, teach one, right? Like, that's how you learn. And so I, I, there, are, there are absolutely resources um, that are out there for conferences and, and, and you know, uh, meetings and boot camps and grand rounds about advocacy, but also it's just saying, okay, here's my space. Here's, here's a topic that's important to me. Let me put some stuff out there. Let me let a couple of friends know that I put it out there so that they can amplify it a little bit. And then let's go from there. And that's, that, I mean, that was really what I did. And it was nothing special. It was just that. And that works too. That is great. Everything helps here. It's not a competition. Right. More is better. More is better. Right. We, we need to kind of maybe follow the virus model. Um, <laughs> we work together to share correct information about this pandemic. I will say that the misinformation communities have well-oiled machines. They have been working on this before the pandemic. So if anything, the pandemic has exposed how far behind we are and how much more we need to be doing. Um, I mean, really, truly, it is frightening how much this is harming people, how, how many times I get an email from someone saying, I just cannot convince my brother, my sister, my mother, my father to get vaccinated and I am so worried about their health. I'm worried about them dying. Can you help me? Yes, I will do my very best, you know? Um, but it's, why aren't they getting vaccinated? It is because that misinformation has seeped across the country into every community, into every place. And, and this is not just a function of certain places in, in the United States. It's not a function of certain uh, socioeconomic status or, or race or gender. This is everywhere. Um, this is everywhere. And so it's, it can be frustrating sometimes. It can feel like, you know, I, I, I got, I did all these conversations and nobody promised me they were going to go get vaccinated, but what you're doing, it, it is a game of inches. It is, you know, just chipping away at this because it has been out there. This misinformation machine has been out there for so long. And if we're all chipping away, that makes it go down faster. Right. So we do, we all need each other during this time to share this uh, message. Uh, this is our moment in public yes. health. It really yes, is. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. I mean, this has exposed how important public health is. 
There's, there's not one aspect of this pandemic that could not have improved with improvements in public health. Mm -hmm. Everything from testing and contact tracing and mask implementation to vaccination out, you know, outreach and, and efforts, every aspect of this, like getting food to be, every aspect of this could have been improved with improved public health. There's nothing about this pandemic that couldn't have been better. Most definitely. And I completely agree with your point that everybody is a public health person. Yeah. If you have a health message to share, if you have health, if you have a body, <laughs> and exactly. if you have a, a message of public health concern, something that affects your community, you are equipped. That is enough. And, and, and that is, I mean, we have now got multiple studies that have shown that those are the voices that have the biggest impact now. Right, the people who are going to listen to the CDC or the FDA or Dr. Fauci, they, they already went and, and did what they were supposed to do. Now it is the people who are going to listen to the local doctor, the, the lo their neighbor, their friend, their family member. And this is what I tell people who reach out to me. I say, your voice is more powerful than mine. I can give you the information. I can give you the numbers, the the, the research, the studies, whatever it is to make you feel more equipped to have this conversation, but your voice will have a bigger impact than mine because they don't know me, but they know you. Um, and, and so this is where everybody can help and where we need everybody's help. I mean, again, there are preventable, these are preventable deaths. Yes. And it is heartbreaking, heartbreaking um, that it is continuing to happen when we have easy access to vaccines and the vaccines are free. So we need everybody. We really, really do. Mm -hmm. Thank you so much for your message today. And I, you are an excellent leader. You know, the, <laughs> the top, the, the most you. effective leaders are those who are willing to share that, give that power away. What we're doing here, we're talking about how the community has that power to spread that message to yes. save lives. So that is the epitome of what leadership is. So thank you so much, Dr. Mina, for being an excellent speaker and uh, leader and um, presenter today for our well, podcast. Uh, again, thank you for doing this. I don't have the time to podcast. I, I, you know, I do my little part, but when folks, you're willing to amplify my voice a little bit, that is huge. That is huge. Thank you so, so, so much to you and folks like yourself who are spending their extra time to do these extra things that are so important. I mean, these are, these are the things we need to be doing. Exactly this. Thank you very much. Thank you. How can people connect with you? I am so bad at this. So um, I, you can find me technically on Facebook or on mm -hmm. Instagram, but I haven't friended my mother on Facebook, so I can't <laughs> friend you just yet. I apologize, <laughs> but I am on Twitter. Um, so it's at doctors, D-R-S, Mina, M-E-E-N-A, all one word. Um, and again, I, re I try to respond to every person, every question that comes through. Maybe I'm a little bit behind. I, I've got a full-time job. I've got two kids. They... <laughs> They need to be, you know, fed and watered and clothed <laughs> and occasionally played with, you know, that sort of stuff, or most more often just driving them around places. But um, so I, I, but I do try to reach out to every single person. If you have a question, 
just send, just tag me, I will respond. I will usually do it by direct message so that you can feel a little bit more comfortable sharing any personal questions, you know, or personal issues that you have. And I'm more than happy to try and reach out to folks on phone as well. Um, I just, you know, that, that's, that's where I exist right now. Thank you so much, Dr. Mina, Dr. Butra for joining nope. us. Thank you. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Public Health Networker. For more information about the Public Health Podcast Network, visit us at publichealthpodcasters.com. You can also find us on Twitter at phpodcasters or on Instagram at publichealthpodcasters. Thank you.